Trigger warning, Death and Friends is not a podcast for the light of heart. Many dark and serious subjects will come up. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, Nash, what's up, dude? Shh, they'll hear you. Who's gonna hear me? The dead, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you got the sixth sense kid disease or something? What's happening here? No, no, it's just... Today we're talking about Sawin. I've already got the bomb flyers lit, and I I just don't want them to hear us. Oh, great. You're pronouncing like an asshole. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I thought we were talking about Halloween today. I brought my Twilight costume and everything. Why am I whispering? Why am I whispering? Ah, look, I got my Twilight thing here. Look. Fake friends. We, we are talking about Halloween. Keep your voice down. Well, sort of. We're talking about Halloween's great-great-grandfather. All right, homie, whatever you say, dude. Uh, I'm just going to eat some candy and let you do whatever the <sighs> fuck that shit is. And uh, at least this episode will be short, because everybody knows the history of Halloween is capitalism and rich people. Probably dentists, too. Wow. You know... Welcome back, Skeleton Army. It's your boy, Angel, and this fucking weirdo over here, this fucking bug-toothed-looking-ass, <laughs> fucking four-eyes, green-dyed-hair-ass-looking-ass bitch. <laughs> no, this bundle of joy here is Nash. Hey, can we, stop? can we stop for a second? Can you hear that? It's like a... Like a crackling or like a static? I think... I think my microphone is haunted. It's really weird. Yeah. Today, we're going to learn you a thing, and that thing is Halloween. Okay, just a quick summary for those of you who don't know. Halloween is a largely American and or at least Western-centric holiday. Basically involves children getting dressed up as spooky things or characters from TV and that they like. <laughs> and wandering around after dinner for a bit of the neighborhood threatening adults for candy. It also sometimes involves grown-ass adults getting dressed up as mildly sexier versions of spooky things or characters from TV that they like, and wandering around downtown in major cities being very loud, or covering someone's house in toilet paper for some reason. I'm very old. Look at you, Nathaniel, you piece of shit. Halloween, as a holiday that we would recognize, has really only been around since, like, 1950, but its roots are way, way older than that. In case it was not already obvious to you, Nash is very excited to tell the story, which is part of the reason she is the monarch of this holiday. It's a czarship, actually. Please respect my authority. Right, right, whatever, whatever. Paint the picture, your zajesty. Today, we're in the land of the ancient Celts, the people who would in modern times inhabit Ireland, Scotland, and the Isle of Man for the most part. In ancient times, they were spread into continental Europe and potentially as far south as Egypt, though they were largely... Not a united people. I mean, I can see why a certain group of people... <laughs> the Romans! <laughs> the fucking Romans! <laughs> the Romans! May not have liked that expansion a whole lot. You would be correct. Weirdly, pretty much everything we know about the Celts as people come from the Greeks and the Romans, though. As the Celts themselves were oral historians, and they weren't much for, like, written records. We also have to trust the Greeks and the Romans who make up the Celts, just because... 
they're the only ones with records, quite frankly. And but the Celts also had like a bunch of different languages, so it probably would have been pretty hard to organize a family reunion, even if they wanted to. Only six ancient Celtic languages survive today, and I say only six, like that's not real fucking impressive. Also, please remember that the British tried to make sure Irish did not survive. So, you know, just there's that. And it's just like hashtag British oh my God, things. A cup isn't of it? tea? Do you want a cup of oh, tea? Oh my God. Oh, you're brummy. Oh, what is that? Oh, hashtag London. Do you want a biscuit? Oh, yeah. Oh, you mean crisps? We don't call them chips. Chips are fries. My laundry's in the kitchen. Spice up your life, isn't it? I have decided this Brit bit went on too long. So the Celts show up in the records about 2,500 years ago, but we're reading some old Irish texts, which start us off in or around Ireland, in or around the 10th century. So that's a about where we are today, just roughly. Time travel is hard. Just ask any member of the Umbrella Academy or their writers. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, Netflix. <laughs> you pieces of shit. You pieces of shit. It's a good show, though. We still love you, Gerard Way. You're fine. The ancient Celts celebrated four major holidays, which marked the changing seasons. The year was broken in half, one half dedicated to the dark, the other half dedicated to the light. So each of these holidays had an opposing one on their calendar. Those holidays were, in modern calendar order, Imbolc, February 1st, Beltane, May 1st, Ugnasa, August 1st, and Samhain, November 1st. If the last one already sounds familiar to you, you get to brag that you knew that's where we were going on this episode. Good for you. If you didn't think it sounded familiar, though, that's totally fine, because we're going to tell you about it right now. But before we do... It is the evening of October 31st in the ancient times. For the Celts, the day began at sundown, making this the official beginning of Sarwen, the line between the other world or the Sitta, as it is the thinnest on this day, meaning the Ishi, the gods or fey people, and the dead alike can roam the earth freely. Offerings to those on the other side are thought to placate any of those spirits that would bring harm. And so the great bonfires were lit, and from them all fires in the community were relit. Druids, the keepers of religious rituals, would perform divination rites and animal and human sacrifices in order to help the coming year. Some academics believe that a few of the bog bodies found in modern Ireland are ancient kings sacrificed through Sawen. <clears throat> Actually, not an actual doctor, but it's medical, medical, medical facts with Doctor Angel. I'm sorry. What? What? Yeah, super quick. Uh, bog bodies, they're cool as hell, but difficult to achieve. Only certain bogs can preserve people, and the bodies that have to go into them at the right time to preserve bodies, 
the best. But when they do, ah, just chef's kiss shit, baby. It's just, just, mmm. Basically, what you're looking at is a person pickle. Anaerobic conditions in the bog, meaning no oxygen because of the drainage and very high amount of acid, leads to the preservation of soft tissues. In cases where a body was dropped into a bog that had a high amount of peat and was near a body of salt water and was also in relatively cool climate and was also dropped in the water that was around or under 40 degrees Fahrenheit, boom, that's, that's, that's what happened. Yeah, you could see what the sacrifice dude ate for lunch, actually. And that can tell you what season they were dropped in, which tells us that at least in one case, that one dude was pickled right at Songwen. Because that's when slows ripen, which is just fucking cool. Well, okay then. In the tales, Samhain was a time for the community to reflect on itself, to air out its bad laundry and deal out punishment, and also to prepare for the long, dark winter ahead. But those tales are also ripe with the supernatural. Supernatural! With fear. Fear! And with anxiety. Anxiety! For the coming year, which should sound a little familiar to you at this point. Familiar! Oh, that wasn't a scary word. It's almost like we've been afraid of the dark this whole time. You had it wrong forever, Nick at Night, you fools! So how did we get from Samhain to Halloween, you ask? Surprise! <laughs> it's, um... Oh. Ra- racism's here. <sighs> hey, dude. Not good yeah. to see you, as always. Yeah, racism came today with a plus one. Oh, great. It's, um... Nash, Nash, religious intolerance, religious intolerance, Nash. Hey. Uh, what a stupid name. Like, why don't we have a better name for you? You literally happen all the time in history. Anyway, the Celts have a little Miku, just like a little, hmm, with the Romans. And it goes exactly like you would expect, you know, candles, walk in the park. Actually, no, the Romans are like, hey, great setup you got here. Fucking fantastic. Oh, my God. Lots of trees, abundant natural resources. We'll be ashamed. We'll be ashamed if we invaded. Force you to convert to Catholicism. Will be shame. Gabagool. Am I right? Anyway, here are your competitive crosses. The Catholics, historically, are only good at two things. Making needlessly elaborate hand gestures in church and bringing pagans to their religion by co-opting their previous holidays. They take one look at Lemuria, a Celtic holiday to appease the dead, which occurred in March. And they think, hey, that sounds a lot like All Saints Day. Boom. It's the same holiday now. Look what we did. That actually goes pretty well for them, but they get a lot of sawin, and then they're like, what if? Hear me out here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh? Huh? A little, little like, ooh, 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 ooh. Ooh. This is, this is, this is what happened. Are you listening? Oh. So they mash All Saints Day right, right into Samhain. Just, just right into it. Cath- just up in there. Just. just. <laughs> Here's your Catholic suppository. We took this too far. Like every Sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry. Not really. They smush it all together, but sometimes All Saints Day gets called All Hallows Day. It's on November 1st, just like Samhain was. But that makes the night before an evening, if you will, Mm. which was on October 31st. Well, it gets shortened to Halloween evening, which then makes it Halloween, baby. Yes, we did <laughs> yes. it. Yes, <laughs> we've made it Halloween. 
All right, guys, good work. Yeah, Halloween. We All did right, it. We did we it. Did it. Right. Well, well, we're gonna get lunch at uh, Rico's. It's gonna be great. We're getting fajitas. Yeah. Why do I time. want Italian food though? It used to be a buco de pepo. Yeah, it's the same chefs. It's great. <gasps> Butter. The holiday survives as a Catholic one for a long time, and it's widely observed in Europe, but doesn't really make it to America at first because of the good old Puritans. Ah, yes, I believe the quote here is, and this is in heavy quotation marks, religious freedom. Yes, right. It's the American Civil War in the mid-19th century that really ramps this shit up for us. I'm going to nerd out for one quick second, actually. Did the room get darker? What just happened? Oh no, it's happening again. Everybody, be prepared to lose about 10 minutes, okay? You see, a lot of people die in that war. And lots of those people never come home and never get proper burials and never get death notices. The American Civil War changes the entire landscape of death on American soil in a way that has real, tangible marks on history. How we mourn and bury our dead here is a direct result of dealing with the dead during antebellum. <clears throat> but in terms of Halloween... Oh, yes, right. It's pretty easy to come up with ghost stories on the fly when there's so many people who never come back. Spooky granddad and whatnot. And the antebellum period, guess what's also happening? What? No, you got to guess. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, let me think. Hang on a second. Uh, Emigration, baby! Oh, right. Of course. Of course. Yeah, kind of weird that you made the brown guy say it. Anyway, the Irish in particular are still coming to America in search of a better life because of the whole... Hang on, hang on, I have notes on this. Yeah. Did we cover this before? Did we? Hmm, that was sort of familiar. Hang on, hang on. Yep. Oh, right, the famine. Oh, right, famine. Ooh. Yes. Season one, episode two. And the Irish are, conveniently, in case you've not worked this out yet, the descendants of the ancient Celts. And so they bring with them... What? <laughs> what? Wow, wow, we wow. So they also bring with them the history of Samhain, slash All Hallows' Eve. That, plus a nation repulsed and obsessed with death and ghost stories, equals... Spooky time. Indeed. It is a slow start at first. In the 19th century, there's an attempt to remove all the spooky stuff out of Halloween and making a community holiday. So it gets real secular. Then, in the early 20th century, especially during the years of the Great Depression, vandalism starts to invade Halloween. Yes, yes. All the spooky... Hudlums are out and about. <laughs> yes, rich people's biggest fear. <laughs> you there, rich man, give me your bag. There's nothing in here. I don't want anything that's in there. I want the bag. <laughs> is that what you think vandalism is? I don't know what vandalism is. They're not going to egg anywhere because that's a waste of eggs and they're all very hungry. So that's one. Yes, that's one. Spray paint isn't invented yet. Okay, just wait. We're getting there. We're getting, we're getting to okay. the vandalism. The night before the holiday gets especially raucous. Vandals! With pranks ranging from rebuilding full wooden carts on people's roofs in the middle of the night somehow. Nah, that's fucking To great. putting soap on railways to re derail trains. Okay, that's fucking... Nothing says, LOL, it was a joke, like killing some people on a train. So towns and communities began to force Halloween parties in order to give aimless children something to do instead of crime. These were kids who were doing this shit? Oh yeah, these were what children. The fuck? <laughs> this was not an adult pastime. These were kids. Uh, I just love the idea of like an eight-year-old being like, yeah, guys, and then this soap is going to make the train derail, and it's going to go right into the oil field and set everything ablaze. Hopefully Santa doesn't see. Like, he still believes in Santa. <laughs> but my favorite is this bit about the carts, because this is true. There are pictures of it. They used to take them apart on the street, and they pick some dude's roof 
and rebuild the entire thing on his roof overnight. Like, you couldn't hear that in your house and be like, hey, kids, stop. Because you know how long that must have taken? Those kids must have been out there for hours. Yeah, all night. Like, that's, get that's down. That means. Get down. They rebuild it over them. It's incredible. I love they're, it. They're, yeah, I just, they're like with their like little little rascal toolkit. Yeah, they're like teeny baby hands. Like, oh, man, Mr. Richards is just going to hate it when he finds out his wagon that he uses to make a living in this Depression era is on his roof. And he's been yelling at you for 45 minutes. He knows. It's not a surprise. Yeah. He's, he has a shotgun, which is really small targets. Sometimes between 1920 and 1950, those parties give away what we know is trick-or-treating. Then in 1950, the holiday explodes during post-war euphoria, plus a boom economy, plus mass markets and the push of capitalism. It's every goddamn thing in our lives. It means it gets a front row seat to the shit show. Now, I know what you're going to ask. I know what you're going to ask. How did we end up with the big Halloween symbol, the jack-o'-lantern? Yeah, that's weirdly specific. Uh, I mean, I mean, I guess, but like, who's going to ask that? What random... Fun facts with Nash. Stingy Jack is a local 18th century Irish blacksmith. He's a drunkard, and he has a reputation for being mischievous and also, well, stingy. I guess when you're called Stingy Jack, it's sort of obvious. He probably got that moniker later on there, but yeah. Whatever. Point is this. The devil hears about how stingy and rebellious he is, and he gets curious, but also jealous. He visits Jack on Earth and ends up tricked by him. In some version of the story, he gets the devil to pretend to be a silver coin to pay their bar tab, with the plan that the devil can simply turn back into the devil and just leave the bar after the transaction is complete. But Jack puts him in his pocket with a crucifix, therefore trapping the devil. And then also does not pay the bar tab. So, like, damn. Jesus, what an icon. Yeah. Also, like, sucks to be the devil, right? Because for whatever reason, he's jealous, right? Yeah. But, like, also, he's like, all right, now to get out of this pocket, okay, that's that's a cross. Suck. Can't do that, all right? I'll just turn to the right now, and that's a penis. Okay. Okay. Well, well. Uh, I guess I'm here now. This is my life. Between a rock and a hard place, am I right? Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, how you doing? Hey. Hey. It's Tony. Hey. Hey, it's Tony. Hey. What? Hey, do you want good quality Italian food? They come to Tony's. Actual Italian food made by Italians. We got... Pasta. We got... We got pasta. We got subs. We got chicken parmesan. None of that pussy eggplant parmesan. Nah. Chicken parmesan. We also made beef parmesan. People said we couldn't do it. We did. You know what? Fuck you. We did. You know why? <laughs> so come over to Tony's and have authentic Italian food. And kids under four, eat free. Yay. That was a, that was a whole commercial we did. Yeah. You're welcome, Tony's in Long Island, I employ. If you're wondering how we get to candle-filled pumpkins on this, just wait. So Jack releases the devil after making him a deal. Don't take my soul to hell. In another version of the story, Jack does this a few times for 10 years at a time, which at that point, I'm pretty sure you've just got Satan as your biggest simp. Eventually, though, Jack dies, and he can't get into heaven because obviously he cannot get into heaven. So he ends up in hell. Yeah, that'll do that. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. he goes to hell, and Satan is like, well, I promised you you couldn't come here, baby. I promised you. It's okay, baby. So he gives Jack an ember 
from the fires of hell and sends Stingy Jack back upstairs to Earth. Jack is neither alive nor dead, and his only pastime is just kind of walking around at night being spooky. But he's still got that ember from hell, and I guess maybe he just doesn't like the dark munch. So he pops it into a hollowed-out turnip and uses that as a lantern. This is the gayest Tim Burton script I've ever read. Jack wanders the earth for an eternity with his lantern made of a root vegetable and a burning coal that has widely accepted the origin story of the jack-o'-lantern. But Jack was probably just a symbol of what the ancient Celts were already doing for Samhain. Root vegetables were probably in abundance after the harvest and made pretty convenient lanterns in a pinch. You gotta keep the ghost away somehow, am I right? A lighted root vegetable a day keeps the haunts away? How many times have you said the words a root vegetable at this point? I'm being sponsored by Big Veg. What? That's super weird. That's the episode. A special thanks to you, our favorite listener. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rate and review would also be nice. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I am at Gorilla Jokes. And I'm at It's Nashville. And of course, please follow the podcast at Death and Friends Podcast. Hey, you. Want to become an official member of the Skeleton Army? Join us on Patreon. Why, yes. Yes, I would. <laughs> yes. Tony? You sound different. <laughs> yeah, what's it to you, huh? Yeah, I want to fucking join. Fucking just... Sorry. You just... Go on. You go... You just go on Sorry. the internet, just patreon.com. Um, no, 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 no. Fuck just, that. Fuck that. Okay, you can just leave the money on the table. That's also fine. We'll explain that to the accountant somehow. Yeah, that was weird, right? That was, yeah, it was weird. That was strange. Yeah. Yeah, well, everybody else, yeah. that, that would be y'all, can join yeah. us on patreon.com. Yeah, we use Patreon to cover our sound guy's medical bills. In order to properly write medical facts, we expose Dom to all the illnesses and ways to die we talk about on the show. Now, I bet you guys think we pickled him. No. We wanted to, but we did not. But we did get super curious about the Stingy Jack thing, so we sent him off to make a few deals with the devil. <laughs> but, do you, what, what is that? Do you hear, do you hear, do you hear fiddle music? Tony? Where's Dom? Tony? Oh, no. Oh, God. Check it out at patreon.com slash death and friends. It's getting louder. Oh, God. Oh, no. Hey, uh, before this uh, mm-hmm. fiddle-playing bastard gets us, uh, remember that you are loved and you matter. And if you don't want to be your own friend, hey, you there with the face, please don't kill us. Uh, we will be your friend. You don't have to answer my text from last month, by the way. I was just thinking about you, and I wanted to check in. But I get it. You're busy. Yeah, it's totally fine. It's fine. Did the music stop out of nowhere? Yeah, it did. It did. Um, it did. Okay. It did. That's cool. Um, Until next time, Skeleton Army. Love you. Love love you too. Yeah. Oh my God, there he is! This has been a Knavery Inc. podcast. Go to knaveryinc.com for more details. Executive produced by Jacob Duffy Halbleib. Audio design by Dominic Guanzon. Themes and transitions by Amy Doe. The fuck is a knave? Remember this is a comedy podcast? Don't use it in your research papers. Welcome back, Skeleton Army. I'm El Nino. <laughs> I am El Chico Gordo, Angel. And this fucking weird over here is Nash. I couldn't get through it. Oh, what a great start to the episode. All right, let's try this again. <clears throat> Death? Right, right, whatever. Uh, paint the picture, you royal bitch. <laughs> Sorry, i do that again. That was mean. That was too mean, even for me. Put it in the put it in the bloopers. No, don't do it. Do it. No. Yes. No. Do it. Do it. Death? You get to brag that you knew that's where we were going on this episode. Good for you. Look at you. What a great person.
Yeah. Wow. Man, you're so big and strong. Will you carry wow. me away, mister? Mm. Will you park that Big Mac truck in this little garage? <laughs> I am not the garage we're talking about, by the way. Neither am I. Oh. This is a metaphorical it's garage. The, it's actually the garage. <laughs> the actual garage. Put your car in it. It's raining. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. This is why warranties go bad. Well, you're going to ruin the leather on that thing. Death? Sorry. Another home run from Boston. Two run home run. <laughs> 11 to 3. It's fucking ridiculous, kid. Fucking ridiculous. Get it, Boston. All right. <clears throat> Death? Anyway, here are your commemorative crosses and your membership Tommy. cards to the union. <laughs> just like, like fucking just- 80 Sopranos references on the episode about Samhain. You think this? You think out of all the episodes we make about holidays, this would be the horniest? But it's really the most weirdly Italian <laughs> one. It's the gravy. Well, it's the it's Romans actually. It's Romans. Oh right, yes. <clears throat> yeah, from Italy. Got it. I Where remember Italians now. come from. Yeah. What? No. <laughs> what an inaccurate statement. <clears throat> the Catholics <laughs> historically death. It's one of those civil war ghosts. Whoa. Fido? Damn, you served? The Confederacy? No. No, no. never mind. Oh, no. Fido, why? (laughs) Fido, what is this birthmark on your shoulder? Oh, it says love. Oh. Where do you think that was going? Where do you think that was going, Nash? Wasn't totally sure. Maybe Sindhu. It's a fun swastika joke for everybody. In the American (sighs) Civil War? (laughs) Texas public education is terrible. Okay, um, give me a second here. Death? Stingy Jack is a local 18th no. century. What? Keep going. I'm just ad-libbing here. Oh. Go. I thought you said, uh-oh, because there was something behind was- me, and I was like, It's him! It's Stingy Jack! <laughs> you son of a bitch! He's just like, he just walks in, we're out of milk. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here, Stingy Jack. But I want cornflakes. Stingy Jack. I want real milk. Stingy Jack. 